Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 173, Furious 7, Lap 8. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And this episode is brought to you by Cast Critters. The cool cast company wants to help kids cope with the experience of breaking an arm and wearing a cast. So they designed and patented a product that will allow kids to have a plush friend while their bones heal. Shout out to the Cool Cast Company. Oh, yes. Very cool. Well, shout out to Cool Cast and welcome to Too Fast to Forever. After the break, we'll be joined by Heather Antos to talk about Furious 7. But Joe, before we get there, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we last recorded? I had a really nice semi-manic episode this weekend. The sun was out and we got like hyper-motivated, like cleaned a bunch of stuff off, hung some new deck lights that I'm really excited about. Um, We fixed all the chemicals in the hot tub on the back deck. I bought some grilling accessory things. So like for my charcoal grill, I think you've seen it before. Like I usually have these like charcoal baskets do you, do you ever yes. see these? Yep. Mm-hmm. They're like two like stainless steel baskets that you put, and then you put the charcoal in there, and then it like kind of concentrates the heat. Well, I bought this other thing that's called a vortex, and it's essentially like a cone that you would get like for your cat when it gets neutered. You know what I'm right. talking about? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. But like flip that upside down, okay? And it's made of metal, and you put that in the middle of your grill, and then you put all the charcoal in there, and it just blasts the heat like up through the middle, and then comes down the sides. So I got that. And a cast iron grate for my grill. I used that to make some chicken wings that were awesome this weekend. And I've been like grilling fun stuff with that because I was just playing with it. I was using the grow light because the seed seedling sprouted. I posted a picture of it. That's it. I'm just like really amped for fucking spring this year. I don't know what it is. We're edging toward that warm weather. I mean, it's warm out now. Right here it is 63. It's been raining today, but it's been good yeah. weather. You know, a couple chillier days, but warm weather is here. And so it's when getting you want there. to actively be outside or you know just be around warm weather it's here it's it's, it's the time of the year it's the time of the season it's the time of the season for sure yeah i'm like oh like what else i was like cleaning like all the windows glass cleaning all the windows because it's like getting time that you could open your windows at least we did this weekend oh i have my windows open every day all day every day basically it's like 50 here today or like a little bit under that so it's like just not there yet but we're very very close with like the rain and stuff i was like I'm going to keep them closed today. But yeah, I have been having them open. When it hits 50, I open my windows as long as under the assumption that it will get warmer. Like if it's maxing out at 50, I don't. But if it's going to be in the upper 50s or into the 60s, as soon as it hits 50, I open the windows. So I'm just like, let's get that fresh air in here, baby. Amen. Um, Anything else of note in the last week? Oh, um, we watched Promising Young Woman finally yesterday. Okay, so it only took you two and a half months. Good, good, good. And yeah, no, we're on track. We're on track. And we fucking loved it. It was great. It was super wonderful. It was funny. I wasn't expecting it to be as funny as it was. Obviously, we went in knowing knowing nothing about it. I mean, let's put it in context. That is about rape and consent. It is. But let's frame it as opposed to just saying, like, it's wonderful and funny. Like, let's no, just remember I'm saying, what it's about. Yes. In the generalist description of it, that could have been way heavier and darker than the movie made it out to be there was very very funny parts like and i liked the acting and the cinematography like just for that's definitely not a movie if you would have pitched the movie to me if if the movie's about consent and rape i'd have been like oh fuck but that's not the movie that it turned out to be and i really enjoyed it so that's like a great compliment to it sure 
it's not something I would ever chose to watch based on a description. I'm glad I didn't read a description because it's a awesome, awesome movie. So I think everybody should watch it. I mean, I think I told you what it was about back in January when I watched I don't it, right? Remember? I, hopefully not. I mean, or if you did, I forgot about it. Well, that's cool. Um, I messaged you guys. I don't know if you watched it or not, but I watched Bad Trip on Netflix, which is the new Eric Andre kind of jackass-style Borat-style movie. Did you watch that yet or no? No, no, I didn't. It is so funny. Eric Andre and I don't click. I don't not find him funny. I don't find him annoying. It just doesn't resonate with me somehow. All of his skits that people love, it just doesn't hit for me and i don't know what it is about it it's very funny i don't know that it's very eric andre like he's so over okay. the top in a lot of things yes, this is yes, more yes. this is the narrative like borat this is a narrative like a jackass movie where well i guess more of a narrative than jackass movie but like there's there's an actual story and they're just but there's something heartwarming about this in a way that in what is a prank movie feels like it shouldn't happen but okay watch it plus cool. it's like 80 minutes long it gets very short and it's great it's just it's very very funny so i really enjoyed that if you say that it doesn't feel Eric Andre in the sense that he's not just like yelling at a building. Like it's not. Like I understand what you mean and I'm yeah. not – like it's the same thing where – like it's not the same as Tim and Eric but like they have a certain style, right? Where it's like yeah. that they can be in things like Eric Wareham can be in Master of None or Tim Heidecker can be in Eastbound and Down and it's not the Tim and Eric thing. So I get yes. – yeah, it's not – I think Eric Andre probably – I think he wrote it and I think he produced it and everything and he's obviously the star of it but it's not – uh, like his late night talk show or whatever. Like it's not like that. So okay, cool, yes. cool, cool, cool. Very cool. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Um, okay. I also watched, we talked about uh, reading the book last time. I watched American Psycho and it's good. The book is better, but I think yep. the book is better because the movie, I think the movie is probably the best version of the book that it could be, which yep. is a, again, yep. a good movie, but yep. it, what the book does over its 400 pages is like it really hammers home the monotony of it, that yep. there are just everyday Meeting new people who look like the same old people as everything, yep. going to a new restaurant, doing the same thing, returning videotapes, murdering women or not, you know, whatever. <laughs> yes. And in the movie, each thing happens like once. It works and like it's kind of like a greatest hits, but it is so fast. It is it moves so quickly. Compared and I'm like, book, oh, yeah. in the book, like literally a dozen or more times. Uh, he says, I need to return some videotapes. Like, that's his hard out of any scene. And every woman he sees, he calls her or he thinks about calling her a hard body, right? Like, oh, she's yeah. got a nice little hard body, whatever. And they say each of those things once, and it's within, like, a minute of, of each other. So, like, this weird kind of, like, oh, like, there it is, there it is. Like, almost, like, in Solo, where you're like, oh, so he met Chewbacca, did the Kessel Run, won the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> and got his name all in the span of, like, 48 hours? Cool, got it. So, like, it's like that, but it doesn't feel cheaper corny it's just like a oh okay so it's good but the book is better because i think it's just you know it's not one of those where i'm like oh you have to read the book but i think the book is better like this it's movie so if, you, if you just watch the movie you're like yeah it's good the movie's carried by how good christian bale is but the book yeah. is about him spiraling out of control as opposed to the movie just being like this guy is crazy you get what i'm saying does that make yes. sense like apparently book, your boy leo was considered for the lead there I think I knew that. I think I did know that. They're about the same age, but he comes off so much younger, I think, right? Like, he comes off younger and, like, cleaner. Like, he's he's not, like, as dirty as Christian Bale. Leo playing Christian Bale and being a murderer, you'd be like, come on, but he looks so sweet, right? Like, it wouldn't have been the same thing as, like, 
Christian ba- Christian Bale is very believable that he's crazy. Yes. Where I don't think Leo could have sold that being that young. Again, like they are the same. I think they're within like six months of each other. Like they they come oh, across yeah. as like the same whatever, right? But like yes, because it's it's Image. a couple years off of Titanic, and like he's you know playing a couple years younger than that or whatever, right? So yeah, if you can, you imagine Leo coming off Titanic and then doing American Psycho. Yeah. Everybody'd have been like, because you'd have had like all of these teens that have seen Titanic or moms that have seen Titanic be like, oh, we love that guy. Let's go see this other movie. And then be like, what the fuck was that? Like, it's just, it was smart casting to take, take Kristen Bale over him for sure. Also, if you think about it, like a year or two, I think two years later, I think 02 it is, that he will go on to do Catch Me If You Can, which again, he's playing like a young guy, right? Like he's yeah, playing yeah, yeah. like the whole upside of that is he's like this young kid who's going to like con Tom Hanks or whatever, right? So yeah. like he's always playing young because he's got that youthful face and like, I mean, Patrick Bateman's 27, I think, in the book, and, like, yes. talking about how, like, 35 is ancient, like, whatever. And, like, they're both, they both would have been, like, 26, 27. It's just the way that they're portrayed or whatever, so. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I'm glad you liked, but I'm glad that you liked the movie. That you have to like the movie for something separate than what, what it is based on the book, right? Like, and I think that they can coexist as two good things. That They're less linked than they would lead you to believe. There are a lot of great adaptations that are true to the book, and I think yep. there are also a lot of great adaptations that are that get the book right but are not exactly whatever and then there are just you know lots American Psycho, far more which is a good movie yeah but it's not the book and it's not an adaptation it's just like it's a good movie and the book I think is it good. is an adaptation it's just yeah I don't know I don't know the other thing the other important thing that we've already talked about on Twitter is that I got to the Keith Hernandez episode so right now both Simpsons and Seinfeld are firing on all cylinders you you kind of simplified it in that like Seinfeld becomes Seinfeld at this point. And I think in a certain extent, like to a certain extent, that discredits what's already come. And there's been a lot of funny, it's just not always funny. But now Yes. Okay, so what I was saying and what we talked about before is that I like Seinfeld episodes that are encapsulated in story. Like you were like, oh, I like the ones that are all in one place. And I was like, I like the ones where the story comes full circle. And I think that the Keith Hernandez boyfriend episode is one of the first ones that does a great job of going like, he meets Keith Hernandez, then she's with he's, he's with Elaine, and then it comes that Kramer and Newman are involved, and you get a story that forms in a complete circle. I think the benefit is just because it's a double episode, right? Like they have yes. literally twice as much time to tell essentially one story. And like, there's weird confusion that like when it was syndicated, they broke it up. So instead of just being the boyfriend, it was then the boyfriend and the new friend or whatever. Yeah. 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 I think the bigger thing that I think goes to both of our points about, you know, the strengths, how we each see the show is that they're just, they're learning what works for the characters yep. and the yep. actors are learning. And like for so long, I just was not a fan of George. And now George is actually funny. Yep. And I think there is, and we've talked about this like on community and whatever else we've talked about, like if you're rewatching the show and you have a fondness for the characters already, yep. the stuff earlier that isn't as funny will come across funnier because you like the character already. But like I when agree. he's trying to essentially earn goodwill in my eyes, different thing, right? It's so George being funnier, Kramer's amazing, Elaine's amazing, Jerry's whatever. He's we sure, talked about just, Jerry. He's not. He's not the point, right? No, so. it's not the point. But yes, I'm glad that you watched the boyfriend. That that is like because we were watching in the episode that we watched. We were like, you know, just drinking, and I was talking about how we recorded last week and w- what the episode you were on. And Rachel's like, "What episode is he on? Like, where is he at?" And so, like, we put on the episode that you had watched based on your tw- on your Twitter post. This is good, but it doesn't really feel like Seinfeld. And they're starting to work it out. And we even watched a little bit beyond this. Some of the episodes come like after this maybe aren't as fully encapsulated like we like. But this is like the first one that you see that like 
the Larry David story writing and the Seinfeld story writing is coming together. And the beauty of the show for me and all of my favorite episodes are ones where like the beginning, something random happens and it just keeps going. And then at the end, you're like, oh shit, all of this stuff was linked. Like it's a small world, right? Right. Like they're in New York City and there's millions of people, but somehow... Well, that's why I think that that one episode that I was trying to that I talked about recently, where like George is parking the cars, like it's the it's that exact thing perfectly. It's like they all are doing one thing that like should not connect or it seems exactly. like it doesn't connect, but it actually comes together. Yeah. And when they do that, and then you start hitting a point like as the seasons go on from now on, when they realize that like you said, this is working, that this is good for the characters, this is good for the actors, it just hits a stride where like every episode becomes something like that, and you're trying to piece it together in your head like where how they're gonna get to the end of it but it's still like it'll give you a surprise at the end so yeah 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 i'm glad that you're i'm glad that you think that it's hitting a stride too because it was tough for a while i never thought simpsons was bad like people like my friends who love the simpsons were like oh these first seasons are not really the simpsons but i'm like no i'm still enjoying them but there were a lot there were more than a handful of seinfeld episodes where i was just like this is not this is not good like if if you had shown me like just 10 of these episodes that I did not like. I'd be like, oh, this show is not good. Like, there were, like, entire yeah. episodes where I didn't laugh, right? But now, yeah. even in an episode that's not great or doesn't hold up exactly, like, there's still a lot of funny stuff, which is, you know, not every half hour can be perfect, but, you know, I'm it's, it's a much better... When George runs out of the bathroom and falls down, and he says... Vandalay! Vandalay! And he goes, and you wanted to be my latex salesman? Like, that gets me every time. Like yeah. The, like, the writing gets so fucking good. Like, yeah, just, like, one-off dumb really dry jokes like that will just have me yeah. howling so yeah so i'm thinking i mean i still have nine months left of this year because we're recording this in the final day of march but yeah. i was trying to figure out you know I, I like this i don't know that chronologically i can find two more shows that i want to do like this but i i'm trying to think what i could follow up this with follow this up with and like there are three shows that i don't think really overlap maybe they do i don't know what are they? but like cheers is a big one that i want to see that i've never oh, seen I like cheers of. i like cheers a lot it's good and I've talked to Kara about this recently because she's seen this a whole bunch of times. But King of the Hill, I really want to see. My one friend and then loves now King be- of the Hill. Yeah. Because I like Seinfeld, Curb. I never really liked the show, but I never really gave it a fair, real fair shake. But I might do Curb, right? But like they're all like different eras, I think. Like they Cheers is like the '80s, and then King of the Hill is like the '90s, and Curb's like the 2000s, right? So like I can't really do my interweaving thing that I'm doing right now, but you know, I got, I got, no, I got nothing but time to you figure got this out. nothing but time. I was never a big Curb fan. I, and I love HBO shows. I watched a lot of HBO shows. I love Larry David. I obviously love Seinfeld. Curb just didn't hit the same because it's, because it's a lot of the characters from Seinfeld, but they're, they, they're not George or Elaine. Well, George is Larry David. Like that, Larry David is George. He's just yes. George with money. Right. So like there's, and I don't know, I might not, cause I, I've watched a season or two maybe but i don't know i don't know when i watched it like i have no idea what i've seen of curb and what i haven't but i've seen like a decent ish amount but again not enough that i can be like yeah. oh i don't like that show it's just like i've seen yeah no i was just saying like as someone who like really liked right yeah, yeah. seinfeld it was just weird to like no because jason alexander comes it, like jason alexander and julia louise dreyfus are on curb a lot as their Seinfeld characters or as, as themselves? As themselves, okay. but they wind up kind of playing their Seinfeld characters. Gotcha. Like, it's hard for me, right? Because, like, you see him and you're like, oh, it's George. And then he's like, he's not George, but he also is still George. So you're right. like, yeah. uh, okay. <laughs> oh, well, so as this comes out, baseball will have started. So I will be playing baseball, watching baseball, Ooh. playing fantasy baseball. I'm not actually playing baseball, but watching yeah. baseball, playing fantasy baseball. Also, our episode, our Patreon bonus episode. Ooh. 
of Mr. Baseball with Mr. Baseball himself. Brian Rodriguez will be out now, is available now, because as we record, this is Wednesday, and then that episode comes out Thursday, and this will be out on Patreon on Friday and the main feed on Tuesday. So if you have not ponied up for our Patreon, if you want to hear a bonus episode about Mr. Baseball, check it out with us and Brian. And the Brian episodes are always a blast, so. I think that's it. If there's anything else I'm missing, you know, I'll... Figure it out next week. We Whatever. We a ton of stuff. I, we haven't like it. Definitely felt like we haven't recorded in a week. We have a Patreon page, the aforementioned Patreon page. Too fast. Too forever. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, West Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, and Jessica Collins, aka Montez. Oh, that's the last thing. Um, thank you. Montez sent a postcard. And I appreciate it. She sent a postcard, and all it said was "R.I.P. Squirrel." Um, so it really made my Saturday. Thank you, Montez. She sent me one uh, with a Paddington two quote on it, which I was. Oh, cool. Mine is. I just got this postcard that said "R.I.P. Squirrel," and I was like, "Yeah, like who the fuck is this?" Right? It's a postcard, so there's no return address. But yeah, that was perfect and wonderful. Thank you for. She's me also got a wonderful life. handwriting. Like she's got like a yes! font-ish handwriting, right? Yeah, so. very much so. I agree. I was like, yeah, this is written by someone who has very nice handwriting. If you go to TooFastTooForever.com, you can get access to the bonus episode. There is an entire separate Patreon podcast feed with the early episode releases and all of our bonus episodes. Five so far, at least one more, if not two more this lap. It's not a two more. Lots of good stuff over there. Plus stickers, (laughs) swag, merchandise. Bonus episodes, all that stuff. I said bonus episodes, right? I'm just looking at my list. I yeah. gotta like shuffle these up. I don't know. Undying love and affection. So give me a number <laughs> between one and eight. Pick a number between one and eight. Six, always six. Your choice of pit stop movies and themes. Look at that. Whew. Perfect. Amazing. Milo Too got fast. excited. Did you hear him just yell? He was all excited. No, I did about not. It. Yeah. My, Milo's a patron. He gets it. He gets it. We have an email address, family at cageclub.me. Joe, we have one email today from Jerry, subject line COVID vaccine. What up, Jerry? And COVID vaccine. Hope this is good news, bud. As of the 24th, which is a week ago, I got my first vaccine. I received Moderna. My arm is sore, but other than that, I'm all good. Awesome to hear. And you're like, what, now like four weeks away from being super good. He says, Ileana's still waiting for her turn for her first dose, but most of my family received their first dose. So that's awesome, Jerry. Congratulations, man. Congrats, man. Super, super cool. Super cool. I'm excited. I think um, tomorrow, April Fool's Day, as we're recording, Uh is going to open up for Connecticut, and Rachel's going to try to jump on the list tomorrow and get her first one, too. Yeah, New Jersey is, there's a wave open now on the 31st, I think, and then I think Monday the 5th, maybe, is open to, like, most people. Cool. If you want one, which hopefully you do, and you have not gotten one yet, your state, no matter where you live, should be opening soon-ish. So just check it out. Google. Just ask Google. Yeah, ask Google for sure. And also, we have more from Jerry coming later because we're going to do a car picture from Jerry because we got cool. so many Jerry car pictures. Nice. Perfect. So we got one coming up later with Heather. But that's all the emails for tonight. Family at cageclub.me if you want to write in a note. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. What you got? I got nothing. I mean, I haven't seen anything. Well, there is the one thing. It's a very minor thing that what? I messaged you. There is going to be a 20th anniversary Steelbook yes. 4K okay. re-release of the movie in June, which I bought, even though I now own. Okay, so I, so I, own, the, <laughs> I own the first movie on DVD because it's in French. It's one of those like half English, half French. So there's that. Perfect. I have it on Blu-ray. Have it on Steelbook I have it on VHS. Blu-ray. I have it on VHS. Oh, I have it on VHS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So VHS, DVD in French, Blu-ray, regular Blu-ray, Steelbook Blu-ray, 4K, and now this will be the sixth different copy. 
that I own. And also, by the way, I watch it digitally because like it comes with yeah. the code, right? So like, <laughs> yeah, that's the best part about all this stuff. Like with Netflix on your TV now, it's like just watch it digitally anyways so well that's the other thing is that like i i, I pulled the furious 7 4k off my shelf right because yeah. we watched that today for this i've talked about this before but the blu-ray disc in the 4k has the extended version but the 4k i think is just theatrical so i'm like i can't watch, watch it so like why would this, i yeah so i just watched the digital but i was just like what the fuck come on guys like what are you doing what are, yeah. what, are, what are we doing here and also, like, the same thing, like, Fate of the Furious, which we'll do in two weeks, it, the extended version, the, the good version, right, yeah. is only digital. There's not a physical version. So, like, come on, guys. What are we doing? They're I waiting to again. sell you the, 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 the nine-disc bonus set when nine comes out on Blu-ray. You know I'm going to buy it. I know you are. I know you are. Well, actually, I don't I don't buy those, like, tire sets. Like, those, like, get all five movies or whatever this cool case. Like, that I don't do. But, like, if they're like, hey, if there is, I don't know. Like, there's a don't lot of things that I would buy bad. for, but there's also a lot of stuff, like, I wouldn't just buy, like, a re-release, right? What'd you say? I said, don't you have, like, the Breaking Bad Barrel one? No, I didn't, because that was one where I'm like, I can't, because it was, like, an hour of bonus features. I have all Breaking Bad separately. Okay. But I also, like, I did buy El Camino, even though it's a Netflix movie, it's never going to not be on Netflix, but I'm just like, I have the whole series, like, why would I not buy? Yeah, it makes Although, sense. I would ask you to be a little proud of me, in that I've stopped buying TV shows on DVD and Blu-ray until they're done. That's very smart. Very, very A smart. lot of shows get canceled early, or I wean off them, or whatever, or, like, the box set is always cooler. And the box so, set's like, always cooler. You yeah. always want to buy the box set when it's done, when it's done. Anyways, so, yes. Good for you, man. I'm proud. Thank you. Also, it's, like, I will always, ten times out of ten, if there's a movie I want to see, and it's, aside from the extended version only available digitally, I will always put a Blu-ray in because even that is going to be, it's going to look nicer just because of the bit rate and whatever. But TV, it's such a pain in the ass to have like, oh, episodes one and two on this disc, right? It's just like, (laughs) you're going to make me get up after an hour 40? Like, come on, what are we doing? What are we, what are we doing here, right? Like, (laughs) God damn it. In reality, you know, like it's an hour 40, so that makes sense. But you're still like, God damn it. Like now there's four discs to this season or five and... Yeah, I agree, man. Yes, yes, yes. Two episodes of the Young Rock show to talk about. Young Rock, we have episodes called Don't Go Breaking My Heart, which was last week or two weeks ago as you're listening to this on the main feed, and My Day with Andre, because we recorded early last week. Yep. So last week was the Dewey getting suspended for punching the kid who said wrestling is fake. Yes. And learning about his respect for strong women. And then this week's episode is him picking his running ra- running mate, which I knew. I won't. We won't spoil who it is, but I knew it was obviously going to be a woman, right? Like, there's no way yeah. that this was not going to be a woman. <laughs> yeah. And then him learning about... It's actually one of our favorite women, and, and one that we talk about surprisingly a lot for... We've covered her, her in at least one movie. I talk about her a lot, or th- and, like, think about her a lot for her really not being in a ton of movies, like, lately, right? True. Like, so, yeah, no spoilers, but it was somebody that I was very surprised to see and very happy to see and is also related to somebody else that we talk a lot about in the show. So never mind. I'm going to stop being vague. Go ahead. What's interesting about the pick is that it's like this person endorsed your opponent or whatever. And like, it feels like this is like, hey, I'm going to reach across the aisle. Like we know that yep. The Rock is going to probably, if he runs, when he runs, he will run probably as a Republican. But it also means like he might be like, hey, uh. AOC or whatever like some like some kind of weird crazy like I think that's just like the possibility they're setting up here it's like well, I can yes. make this country whole again it's like well no, okay maybe. and all of his signs what did his sign say no mustn no fussin I think so yeah yeah two song notes in this one we got Gloria which is wonderful Laura Brannigan wonderful but also 
a song that we talked about on the Tokyo Drifter episode, a song that we talked about on another recent episode. Oh, it might have been a Lady Snowblood episode, and we're going to talk about it again for sure in the Kill Bill episodes. Battle Without Honor Humanity in the training session montage. It's such a cool song uh, popping up over and over again this lap. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, you say that you, you didn't watch any wrestling, but did you get... Do you ever get how they throw in, like, rock-isms and, like, where they came from in the show? Like what? In the episode where he gets in trouble for punching the kid and shoplifting by his mom, um, he's, like, at the mall, and his mom comes in, and she's like, what do you think? And he's, like, he starts talking, and she goes, it doesn't matter what you think. And, like, that was, like, a very classic rock promo thing to do when he was a wrestler. So, like, whenever they give us little nods like this, I always get, like, really excited well i know that he says at the end or maybe the mom says at the end of the last week's episode you will smell what president dewey is cooking right like, yes. I know, like that's an obvious one right but like there's i know a handful of things but not really like yeah. assume most of those go over my head yeah that's that's why i wanted to drop that one because uh, like because i heard it and i started laughing and rachel's like what and i was like oh you know that that's like one of the famous rock deliveries that he would do all the time in promos so I'm curious to see where this winds up show-wise. It was cool that we got to see his actual mom in an episode this time. Can I talk to you about this? Because I think this is very obvious with sure. the show. Good Grades Karen is obviously this chick's daughter, right? Good Grades Karen is... is obviously the girl that his mom's Oh, for. there was a TV show on Hulu last year that was like that came from the UK called Normal People. Did you hear about this? Did you no. see the show? No. It's it's a very sexy show. It's a Too Fast, Too Forever After Dark. But it's just like very kind of honest, raw, emotional high school drama about these two kids, essentially from other sides of the track, who kind of fall in love and like they're not good together, but like they're even worse apart, like one of those kind of situations. Okay. But his mom is a house cleaner for her family. And it's the same kind of thing. So like I thought that too. I'm like the other shoe is going to drop because like it's a very common thing, but maybe it won't because like it feels like for as often as this show embraces traditional sitcom tropes it seems to be if not subverting them like it's smarter trying, than to like yeah. it's not it's not trying to surprise you but it's also like oh i didn't actually see that one coming or whatever like it's kind of a the like i haven't had a moment where i'm just like of course right like it's just yeah i think i agree with you that like if that happened like that makes absolute total sense both in terms of the story and also whatever but i wouldn't be surprised if that also wasn't the case for that reason okay does that make sense? No, that makes total sense. I, I can agree with that. You're right. They're not giving us... They haven't been doing this the whole time to make us believe that they're just following like a very standard... And this is like a very obvious way that that's going to tie in. And if it's not, I would be more surprised if it's not. The episode with Andre the Giant was really, really, really cute. Why he doesn't want to go see E.T. and just feeding birds and like... I mean, it's it's obviously hilarious for me to think about Andre the Giant being a fucking giant, just doing, like, all of these really soft things, right? Like, it's just, like, he just wants to go to the park and, like, feed birds and so stuff. So that's, like, the point of the episode, basically, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's not a monster. <laughs> like, because, you know, like, you see him on TV as a monster and just this giant man. So, yeah, it's it was really funny. The funny thing to me is that, essentially, to a certain, to a certain extent, this episode says... Because Andre the Giant gave a big pigeon a piece of cheese, The Rock is running for president and picked a female running mate. Like, that's essentially like, it's like that Domino's meme where it's like the little (laughs) domino, bigger domino, bigger domino. The little one is like Andre the Giant giving a, I might even make this one, giving a pigeon a piece of cheese and then The Rock picks blank as his running mate, right? Just like, (laughs) how does it, wait, what? Yeah, that's, that's how he sets up the episode. He's like, and that's why I picked her. And you're like, okay. We're talking about pigeons, right? Like that's that's what we're that's what we're talking about, right? <laughs> that's where okay. we started, okay? Yeah. 
Um, I also do want to give a shout out to the fruity films man himself, Kyle Reinfried, and also Brian Rodriguez, that the name of this episode, My Day with Andre, is a play on the movie My Dinner with Andre. Uh, and so Kyle and Brian have covered that on Kyle's podcast. Oh, and he's doing a whole cool. My Dinner of series or My Dinner with series. So My Dinner with Andre, not about Andre the Giant, I'm pretty sure, uh, but just, you know, was. stylistically, structurally, whatever. Yeah. Any other thoughts about Young Rock? It's just cute, man. It's, it's easy watching, so yeah. I'm still liking it. Well, the final thing to do before we take a break and bring in Heather is to talk about the Fast and the Furious Minute from Too Fast to Furious Minute 4. I called, you want a race tonight? Come on. Anybody I want. Rilo. No matter who it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. You want a race tonight? Yeah, you know I could use the money. You got four minutes, man. All right, I'll be there. minute tej gets the green light from the racers to invite a fourth racer of his choosing tej calls brian and invites him to race brian puts on clothes and leaves from tej's garage speeding toward the race we see cool cars and cool dancers and hear cool music <laughs> as the crowd readies the scene I, I think i should get some copyright in that line that was very much i think stolen right out of my playbook well it is it is also like it's just the vibe that this man is like hey look at all this cool shit going on it's like yeah we get it, it. like it's a cool place to be i know it really it's like this is cool like they just, yeah i i fully agree with you you gave me a nice chuckle thank you we know it's very obvious and we've talked about this a lot that in the first movie there's jaw rule music and jaw rules an actor and we know that like yeah there's a lot of like there's act a fool in this minute there's other ludicrous songs i believe in this movie right like airy codes i think is in this movie somewhere Maybe it was in the last movie. I don't know. But like Ludacris music is in this franchise. Yeah. Ludacris is obviously in this movie in this minute. Yes. yes. But what I found out is the song that is on there for like three or four seconds before it becomes something else, before it becomes Act of Fool, is a song called Peel Off by MC Jin. So he's not in the scene, but yeah, his yeah. music is in this minute. Yeah. I mean, they love doing it. Pretty we cool. Were, we were watching Seven today as we're, you know, we got to like the the happy birthday scene. And Rachel's like, there's no way that Tyrese doesn't know who T-Pain is. Or, like, even Roman doesn't know who T-Pain is. And I was like, yeah, but he's also friends with Ludacris, who's right. not Ludacris. So, like, what, where does this line get drawn and how, right? Like, but she's right. Like, there's no way that, like, Roman's walking into a party and being like, oh, who's this random DJ here? And it's like, no, it's T-Pain. Like, he would know who T-Pain is. Like, even in the film world, he should know who T-Pain is. The other thing that's interesting to me, somewhat... Is that in the world of film, there is diegetic sound and non-diegetic sound. So what this is, is essentially, it's about music. So if, if a thing is in the scene, it's diegetic. So like if a guy or if someone is listening to a song on the radio and they turn the radio off and the music stops, it's diegetic. It means it's happening okay. in the scene. Okay. The characters are hearing it. Okay. But then non-diegetic is just like it's soundtracking the movie. Yes. They're probably not hearing it. Yes. So like I'm wondering, the MC Jin song 
is in the scene. And I think the ludicrous one is, but if the ludicrous song is in the scene, if, if it's coming out of someone's I think car trunk, right? I think it does, yes. That means that ludicrous exists, <laughs> but is not aware. Tej is not aware of ludicrous. So either... It's a, real, it's a real Hannah Montana situation we got going on here. Right. So either... There's a Hannah Montana situation, which is not I was not factoring in, but that's that's an option. Yeah. Or number two, Ludacris is someone else, or that song is by someone, someone other than Ludacris. Yeah. And none of those really make sense. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can imagine that Tej is like undercover. As a musician. Like, wait, wait, <laughs> what's his undercover? No, who, he who who is he hiding from? And which career I, I know, is his which cover? Is, which is less which is less glaringly obvious. I'm trying to think now. I was thinking that Are like, we keeping you out of the limelight? You're gonna become a multi million dollar, multi million selling, you know, double platinum rap artist. Or so as that like these thugs in Miami don't know who you are. But like <laughs> That's what I'm saying, yeah. Or he was a rapper that got into trouble and now he's just undercover on the FBI's top 10 most wanted list. So this is, is like, in this <laughs> in this world, this is not a new song. This is like an older song that he recorded before he went away. I, I, did, I, hit, I hit the wall doing a buck 60, I don't race no more. It's kind of like his, like, undercover pivot point, right? Now he's running these street races, but, like, you're not being very inconspicuous running street races and trying to, you know... Stop Interesting. global terrorists okay. either. Okay. So none of this really makes sense. Any option that I can come up with doesn't make sense. So then I'm wondering if we're extrapolating to Furious 7. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we're going to be there in hundreds of episodes to got to the T-Pain minutes. But like, maybe T-Pain is not T-Pain. Maybe T-Pain is just like a DJ that never actually no, broke. No, no, it just says making, T-Pain just, I know, but like he could still be T-Pain, but <laughs> T-Pain is not T-Pain. No, no, I think T-Pain is T-Pain. But then why does Roman not know him? I'm trying to give That's Roman That's what I'm saying. Out. Yeah. I'm trying to explain that away, and I can't. I can't explain it either. Well, they've been, how about this? They've been on the run for so long that he just can't keep up with pop culture. And obviously, he can't have social media because, like, he can't follow any of these things. So, like, he might have, he might know T Pain's songs on the radio, but, like, wouldn't know it was by T Pain or his face. They're not, like, watching TV, you know, scrolling Instagram when they're stealing planes and shit. So, although Roman does make a joke about wanting to check his email, which still feels out of character to me. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, getting back to minute four, what did you notice in the scene? There's a very dark shot. One of the things that I was hyper fixated on, it's very dark, but we see Brian's houseboat and there's just some wild shit happening in there. So this is parked behind Tej's garage. Yes, which we later, you know, Tyrese is, I can't stay with him. He got bad habits. We see, okay, we know that, right? In Brian's houseboat, there is a surfboard. Yep. Turbocharger on the table being used pr- sure. okay. pretty much as like a paper holder, like a trinket. Okay. He just like has a stack of magazines under it, turbocharger on top so they don't blow away, I guess. What looks like bicycle handlebars hanging from the side of the wall. No bicycle, just handlebars. As one does. As as decoration, as is tradition. We presume because all the lights were off, he was kind of in bed, right? Well, he was in the shower. He comes out in the towel. Okay, he was in the shower. He comes out in the towel, but still, all the lights are off. Like this, this seems like he's prepping for nighttime. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's a nighttime. It's like an after dark. It's a race after dark. Sure, yeah. It's late. Yeah. There is ten tiki torches lit just along the side of the boat at night. Who lit them? Maybe it's like an HOA. Maybe there's like some kind of uh, it's Tej's garage. But he doesn't own the water, does he? Maybe. No, I think you own. I don't know what the rules are. Fuck. Now you got my brain all screwed up. He might not own his garage. He might just rent his garage. 
Because he's not a millionaire. He's not a millionaire playboy, honey, whatever that guy calls him in six, right? Like, yeah. I do. Did you, have you looked, did you try to figure out where Tej's garage is or is, there's no way to know yet? Um, no, I, I had no way to know yet. I'm going to wait until we get to like the boat race to see if I could find any kind of markers okay. with like the car out front and things, you know what I mean? Like those kind of, because this is just like a picture of like Tej's garage just facing it. No street signs, no nothing. Right. Because, okay, so here's, here's the reason I ask. Tej calls Brian, says the race is in four minutes, get here in four minutes. Brian's like, cool, got it. Brian gets dressed, goes out to the car, gets onto a highway. Yes. Gets to the race in the next minute. He does not get there in this minute. And then sort of parts through the sea of people, ostensibly within four minutes. I don't know where Tej's garage must be, but it's like, it's it seems like it's on an on-ramp to the highway. Because like... Have you ever been to Miami? No. There's like one boulevard that it looks like he's crossing that goes from South Beach to like into the city of Miami. Because you know how they kind of like run yeah. parallel with, with water yep. in between them? So I think that like Tej's garage is in South Beach, right on the corner. Yes, you're, you're right, right before the bridge. And that as soon as he got on it, he's now heading into the city for the race because they they do race around the city right right and so then so tej's garage is located like essentially on the on-ramp and then where the race starts is like located directly off an off-ramp yes it's not like any of these things take up that much time but four minutes is not that much time not if you're in a towel driving through miami at night dressed to sprint to your car, to drive to a place, and then to actually get through the place to the end of that place. Yeah. It's, a lot, it's, it's a lot to do in four minutes. It's a lot. It's definitely but a lot. I will say that, again, it's I don't think it's as effective as it is in the first movie, but we get an establishment here that Brian has a reputation in Miami the same way or similarly to how Dom had one in the first movie. Yep. Because Tej asks a few times, like, you're saying I can have anybody anyone. here. Anyone. And they're like, yeah, whatever. And so then that's when, you know, in the next minute or whatever, when he shows up and Suki goes, oh, shit, it's Brian. Like, they know him. He's like a ringer. But also, like, I that's still, I'm trying to figure out how we get from A to B where he is a police officer who lets his victim, you know, the guy he's hunting go. And then he just goes across country. He's wanted leaving across country. And then, like, he's so known in this place by his name, by Brian. People are afraid of him, and yet he's still, like, not busted. You know what I mean? Like, there's still, there's there's blurry lines here. Yes, granted, he's using a name, not, like, the buster or, like, bullet, like she calls him. Like, he doesn't have, like, a, a fun time nickname. But at the same time, like, like, I'm a guy, I meet many other male friends that Rachel's like, who is that? I'm like, I don't know. He's like the, the one Steve. No, but I'm just saying like he is known enough to be front page news in Texas or whatever that yes. he's wanted from L.A. And he still has enough notoriety, at least in the small circle, to like be like, oh, shit, it's Brian. It's, it's you know what I mean? Yeah. So. But I mean, yeah. But like how many friends do you know that are like this doesn't surprise me because like I could definitely know someone from something. And then they'd be like, yeah, that was the guy that, like, you know, has all those tax evasion charges. And you'd be like, I had no idea. Like, I, I just met him last week, and he seemed like a cool guy. Oh, I'm not trying to, like, I'm not saying that, like, Suki and them should know that he's wanted, but I'm like, the Miami PD should know that he's want, that he's <laughs> well, there, right? If we've established anything in this franchise, it's the, the police are very, very bad at everything. 
Always. ACAD, all cops are dumb. All cops are dumb. Yeah, that's true. They're Anything very dumb. Anything else of note in this minute that you want to point out? No, I was mostly concerned about his houseboat. I wanted to find... Okay, so I, I, I bitched to you on Facebook before we got on. I can't fucking read anything of the stereo shit in this scene. And I was really excited right. for it. I was really excited to read it and find out what kind of subwoofers they had. And every, there's nothing is Nothing is legible. And um, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in myself. I'm disappointed in America. I wish that I could read it. I can't. So if anybody knows a lot about car audio systems from 2003 and watches this movie and can recognize shit, please send it along to family at cageclub.me. But I can't read anything, and I need at least some words to get me going. So yes, please. So now for the trivia question, uh, you I have it. one that's very difficult. I don't know no, if this is fair or not. No, you nailed it because I read it out loud and Rachel got it right without... Oh, good. So in the film's opening race, yes. which is what we're setting up here, what color is the painted starting line? And in this minute, we see two different girls go like kind of crisscross, like one left to right, one right to left, and yes. they are painting it in red. In red. So what other options should we have? Should we have white, white, yellow, and what? White, yellow, and... I was going to say orange. Is that like too nitpicky? I think that's probably like that's the color of the coffee cup in the first movie. Where yes, like, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Um, White, yellow, green, neon green. Sure. In the film's opening race, what color is the painted starting line? Green, red, white, or yellow? And the answer is red. It is red. Yes, that's four true. Four questions in, four minutes in. All things going well. Yeah, these questions are pretty good. I think that they're like a nice level of tough, but not in, like impossible. And they're pretty fair. There's not like weird stuff. How many tiki torches did Brian have in front of his house? Which is sure. 10 that I counted. But yeah. Who lit those fucking tiki torches is what I really want to know. I We will never know. We will never, we will never know. We'll have to get Heather's girl or Heather's boy Bilkins in on the case. <laughs> Bilkins, why are there so many tiki torches lit in an otherwise uninhabited area? Yeah. But let's take a break. Let's bring in Heather and let's talk about Furious 7. Critters. Cast critters will help children with aesthetic and psychological stigma associated with wearing an arm cast. So shout out to cast critters. Well, shout out to cast critters and welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. With us now, Joe. I think I think we did it. I think we made it. We it's broke been, it. It's been a tough lap. <laughs> it has been a, a trying lap where we have done our absolute best, our absolute damnedest to bestow the joy of this franchise to a friend who would love nothing more than to love these movies. And we've done our best. We've shown her the best. We tried. Shown her five. We showed her six. Yeah. Did not really work. Somehow. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> Here we are with Furious 7. Yeah. A movie that not only did she tweet about, but also texted me that this is her favorite so far. I, I don't understand. Insanity. Any of this. <laughs> Hi, Heather. Heather Antos back. Welcome back. Hi. Hello, Hey, what boys. the fuck? What is going on? Yeah, please explain, because this is like universally ranked pretty low. Well, it's it's middle, and I think Middle-ish. there's it's one that has hurt 
in our ranking since yes. we started doing this podcast. But I'm so glad that you love it. It's a good what the fuck, but still, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, no, just to clarify for everyone, if you don't follow me, I do tend to live tweet me watching the films, or at least I live tweet like the first half of watching the films before I like want to watch the movie and stop tweeting and pausing every 30 seconds. Um, yeah, no, I texted Joey four minutes in, like four minutes, is, you know, the <laughs> okay. cold, you get the cold open with Jason Statham and Deckard, as Deckard Shaw and like all of the bonkersness and I, I text them I'm like this is this is the movie this is it this is how you do it and it's because of how off the rails and bonkers from the jump from the jump it is but it but that's exactly what I told you guys and why like five didn't do it for me and why I struggled with six is because the opening scenes that's what grounds us in reality as viewers you know if you're grounding us in, in the rules and reality of the movie and then for your the third act you're breaking all of those rules well then I'm not going to believe it and it takes me out of it but this movie set it up from the get this is bonkers this is crazy this is absurd like i think part of it too is like jason statham is just so serious <laughs> so serious so serious you know like very makes me think of like boondock saints i'm out to get revenge serious level of bonkers when he walks out and slowly you see, you know, he does, he's eulogizing his brother who's still alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pan out and you see, oh, there were people in the room. And then as he's walking out, the hospital is on fire and SWAT yep. team yep. is mm -hmm. dead. And, uh, you know, and like the hospital's literally collapsing as he walks out Joker style in Dark Knight. Opening with a scene like that, you're just like, all right. I'm not going to expect anything you're going to throw at me, but I'm here for it. Is the rest of the movie chaotic and bonkers and crazy? Absolutely it is. Does any of it make any real sense? Totally not whatsoever. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but that's also what they set you up for. And so I knew from that opening scene, like, I'm just in it to watch to see what happens. <laughs> okay. That's so awesome. I, I'm just like... I, I didn't think that this would this would be the moment that it happened. No, because this is the Paul is. Walker movie. This is the Brian movie. This is yes. the one like you're. Oh no, and I favorites. think that I also love it so much because yeah, Vin isn't the star. <laughs> okay, fair, fair <laughs> enough. Okay, totally fair. So, so any movie without Vin or, or little Vin, and yeah, give me more Jason Statham because he's fantastic. Well, so now here's here's going to be the interesting thing, and I don't want you you know skip this movie, but it's going to be very fascinating to see how you think about eight because there was a different dynamic at play there. Totally, it might be your least favorite, or it might be even more of a favorite than this one. I don't know. We we have no idea, so we'll find out yeah. in two weeks. I mean, I'm thinking I'm I'm now I'm even more nervous for eight than I think I have been for any of the films because this this movie set like such a bar for me for this franchise, which is so funny because <laughs> I have. You guys know I haven't hit, I've hated watching these. Like I've absolutely not really, I've enjoyed talking about them with you, but like, you know, the two hours I'm watching these films are not my favorite in the world. Furious 7 is just so bonkers and so much fun. It's easily my number one of all of them. And I think, you know, fascinating. my, fascinating. Num my number two would be like 10 rungs down the ladder. Right. And wow. so, okay. It doesn't get any, it doesn't start to make any more sense. If and that's, that's great. No, no, no. And that's, and that's what I want. I just hope that if it's a strong start to a film, 
then I'm in it. But if the openings are just, you know, whatever for me, then it's really hard to get me back. I don't know. We're going to we're going to go yeah. one at a time. We got two more after this. We're going to find out what happens. But before we do that, before we talk about this movie, we've got some either or questions. We've got a couple open ended questions, too. we got four questions tonight, Heather. Are you ready for these questions? Yes. I'm going to say the word questions a few more times. I do not think that I said the word questions. <laughs> enough Joy, in the last I, I have a question. Seconds. Go for it. Are you going to ask me some questions? I'm going to ask you some questions. First question that I'm going to question you with. Do you prefer Corona or Belgian ale? Neither. They're both disgusting. I knew that was... I don't even know why I asked. I, I have I have to ask for the sanctity of the quiz, but I knew that that was going and to this be is, And this isn't me being facetious this time, because normally I'm facetious, but I'm I'm not a huge beer drinker. That's fair. What I, I do like dark beers, so I'm, I'm a Guinness. Like I like my stouts. Okay. Sorry. No, that's fine. So now we are pulling a job. You know, we talked about it before. We Oof. got all the money. We went to wherever. We gambled it all the way, whatever, right? Now we're like, Heather, we're out of money. We need to pull another job. Joe and I are going to go in this other room over here, and we're going to actually do the work. But we need you. You have the most important job of all. I really We do. need you to distract the people in this room yes. and let us do our thing. And the way you're going to distract the room is you're going to sing a song karaoke style to distract them. Heather, what song are you singing? Not Happy Birthday, because that did not go over well. To you. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that this time. It was like, oh, God, <laughs> that so did not go very well. Um, am I in Abu Dhabi? Doesn't matter. You're it's just anywhere. like off the cuff. Yeah. Just off the cuff. Um, it's a room of English speaking people. Okay. That you can distract with your performance. Okay. What song are you singing? Uh, Push It by Salt and Pepper. Okay. Perfect. Great answer. We always get like just wildly different. Mm-hmm. Great answers from everyone. Yeah. This, is, this is me referencing grandma's voice. So I will remind people that there is a playlist. If you search on Spotify, 2F2F songs to pull a job to, oh we have God. a playlist of all of these different is songs. really? Yeah. I love it's everybody's that. choice mm-hmm. of karaoke song. Oh, that's so good. I am so checking that out. It's, it's a, a lot weird, of fun. It's a weird ass playlist because like, it doesn't make any sense. No. Like, no, it's no, just, totally. That's why basically, I can't wait. It's, it's basically pick a song you like that you want to sing. Like, there's no other through line. It's just it's like, like karaoke bangers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. Okay. Next question. Okay. We've now seen in the last movie and this movie, the last movie being six, not Tokyo Drift, but in six and seven, we've seen both ways. Heather, if we're pulling a job, would you rather, knowing you're going to be safe either way, okay. would you rather have to drive a car into a plane that's taking off or drive a car out of a plane that's in midair? <laughs> into a plane that's taking off. Into a plane. Okay. I like that. I like that into a lot a plane better. That's taking off. Yeah. Because like even if you miss, you're still on the asphalt. Or just like fall mildly. Not yeah. Like, out of the sky. Yeah. Like because because sky, there's a lot of different levels to sky, right? <laughs> They're pretty high up there in this one. So. Yeah, and I'm and I and even you know knowing I'd be safe either way. Like I'm an adamant. I will never go skydiving ever. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Huge factor in this. Huge. For huge. Sure. Yeah. Last question. Okay. A little bit of a thinker. That's an important one. This might be the question that defines one of the questions that defines this podcast. So in this movie, they're standing around a table and Roman's running his mouth and he's talking about how he <laughs> took that thing out of the sky. Ba-bow. Ba-bow. He's leadership now. And Brian says, the only thing I've ever seen you take down is no knees, Denise. Now, Heather, when you hear of a woman referred to or just a person in general referred to as no knees, Denise, having no knees, what does that mean to you? If someone says, hey, there's no knees, 
Tyler, there's no knees to me. What is, what is no knees? What does no knees mean to you? I feel like there's different connotations if it's a man or a woman. Okay. Well, I mean, you can answer sure. this question however you want to answer it. I feel like no knees, Denise, I don't know why, but this strikes me as someone like they're trying to say she gives a lot of blowjobs for whatever reason. That's what it sounds like. It definitely sounds like that to me. Yeah. Like that's what I hear. Why, but why, why no knees? And I don't like that that's what I hear. But why no knees? I don't know. It's not like on her knees, Denise. It's like no knees. I can't tell you. I'm not the writer. So we have heard from, we had on the game director of the video game Fast and Furious Crossroads, and he said that it seems to be some kind of like British slang, British parlance for that exact thing. Like she has been on her knees so much that she no longer has knees, but it just, it feels antithetical sort of to like the, well, no, she has to be on her knees because like that's where, that's how it. That's what's happening. But they become they've just become nubs. No knees. Uh, we were thinking no knees like they're making a shot at her weight. Like she just has no knees cuz it's just like thigh down or something. Either way it's derogatory and terrible. It's it's not good. No, but we, we, I just don't know what they're trying to say here. What they're conveying. I don't know. I I I bet at the end of the day it's this just sounds like a nickname, right? Like no knees Denise. It just flows off the tongue. Without thinking about any connotation whatsoever. It's definitely a line that I don't think they put much thought into. And we have spent entirely too much time. There are two, like, that's the other question. Like, it's that and food all over the place that essentially, like, I think, so other people on, online, like on Reddit and stuff, have tried to figure out what no knees and these means. I think that we're the, we're the forefront of food all over the place, as far as I can tell. But this is one where it just, we have spent so much goddamn time <laughs> trying to figure out what this means. Because we never And we're no, we're no closer again. to figuring it out. Yeah. That's 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 been the one. It's one of them for sure. It's this. It's food all over the place, and it's who screwed up Sean, uh, Sean's mom or Sean's yeah. dad. Yeah. Okay. Now, Heather, we have talked about the questions. Those are all the questions. Fantastic job, as always, keeping uh, the streak well, alive. We got know. more questions to do the next two movies, but for now, that's all the questions for now. But Heather, what's your cool moment? If you have to pick a moment from Furious Seven to be your cool moment, what's your cool moment in Furious Seven? Ryan, don't lose that cool of yours. That's your meal ticket. The whole movie. Wow. Movie. Damn. I oh. really liked it. It's a gif of the guy like who has his fa- hands on his face just going from left to right. Like they just, it's just, it's that over and over again. Just me aghast at how much you love this movie. <laughs> I just, it, this, like, this was fucking fun. It doesn't make sense. No. Is it the most intelligent film of all time? Absolutely not. Was it crazy and super fun? 100%. Yes. Definitely. It didn't make me angry the way the previous ones have. That's great. That's, hey man, we're we're, we're getting there. Slowly but surely. Only took seven, but we're getting there. Hey. Joe, what about you? What's your pick for cool moment in Furious 7? There's so many. I I have like three standout ones, and I'm two of them I'm sure that you have. The most obvious one is The Rock breaking out of the cast. That's like the coolest fucking Mm -hmm. thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. Like that's just exudes cool i can't even describe it it's so cool the other one jason statham eating a steak alone waiting for them to show up that's fucking cool like that's like that's really cool you can't i mean you just have to have so much confidence to be able to do like just like fuck you i'm waiting and then just like pull out the grenade with his teeth like everything is cool about that scene like that first part of it i think sleeper pick of coolest moment 
in the movie for me is when Letty just punches Hector for no reason. Like, she just gets freaked out and just swings on him. You never could take a punch. <laughs> yeah, and just drives away. I was like, it's pretty cool, actually, because nobody stops her. Nobody, like, tries to stop the swing. Nobody tries to stop her. It's so cool that everybody just like, that's just her. We'll leave her alone for a little bit. Those are my top three coolest moments watching this movie this time. I went a little, not high concept, but sort of, I took a, a bird's eye approach. I think that Deckard's okay. level of vengeance throughout this entire movie is pretty cool. Like, again. It's, he, it's just, he's so serious. Brother not dead to what not, Heather pointed not, out before. No, not at no, all. No, but and also. Yet he is about yeah. to burn Los Angeles to the ground. <laughs> yep. To kill one man. And his brother's not dead. Not not in the least. He was in the hospital. He he might have killed him when he destroyed the hospital. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> like that's a choice to, if he dies, I will kill you. Because he says that to, you know, the people left behind. In this burning and collapsing hospital, which then they're going to have to move him to a different location. Like, this was not thought out. Oh, 100% not no. thought out. Like, you're... <laughs> you're Killing and intimidating the very people that you are hoping and trusting to protect and mend and heal your brother. Terrible, terrible play. And now he's probably going to get, like, carbon dioxide poisoning. (laughs) He has open wounds. He was burnt. He has burn wounds. And, like, there's no roof on this building anymore. That's not safe. No. Not not even a little bit. Joe, I'm also going to extend one of your cool moments of The Rock flexing out of the cast to say when he crashes an ambulance into a drone... (laughs) And then when he snipes the bag of grenades with a pistol. <laughs> yes. Both pretty cool. Both when he when when they have to call in that my drone just got double tapped. Oh my god. That's fucking Someone cool. just double tapped our drone. Yeah. yeah. So casual. I love it. I have one more small one and then one that I want to kick off because it's another thing that I know that Heather loves about this movie that we love about this movie. But okay. the other one that I want to point out, the small one. Is Dom lifting that car with his raw strength? Is like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when they're having to get that tracking mm-hmm. chip or whatever, God's eye, whatever, yep. the, the USB drive. Like, yep. that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool that he could just pick up a car. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, you can't? No. Depends on the car. Because uh, I'm really good at this Hot Wheels car. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, smart car. I think between Joey and I, both of us trying to, we could lift up, like, the back of it. I'm sure we could get that thing up. A real Mini car? Cooper. Italian job style. Mini Cooper, maybe. Ooh, Mini Cooper's, like, pushing it. Movie. I remember my sixth grade health teacher was this, like, super fitness jacked kind of guy who, like, would tell a story about how he tore his bicep muscle trying to win a bet where he picked up a car. We're like, why would you do that? Like, what are you? Yeah, what? you're a fucking Again. idiot. Okay. Why are you trying to impress sixth graders to begin with? That's fucking Don't know, weird. man. Better question. <laughs> that guy's but in my, jail. He's my actual, <laughs> My actual pick for cool moment here is one character in particular, someone new to the franchise. You really got to try that Belgian ale, man. Mr. Nobody <laughs> is the epitome of cool. Like, he is grandpa age yep. but clearly i don't think he has any kids um him arriving to help and save dom super cool him getting shot and like the only thing he wants to like his parting wisdom essentially like you you really gotta try that belgian ale man like mr nobody is the coolest and his like nonchalance like when they're like pulling the job like that first job mm-hmm. and, and then like he lets them like do this like wild ass plan where they drop cars in the, out of the sky and he's just, like let's just see how it goes man sometimes you have to play the hand you're dealt dom yeah. says as he's trying to explain why things went wrong and that's why he like winks it goes that's why i prefer to be the dealer like he's stacking the deck in every way 
So fucking cool. So Heather, let's talk about Kurt Russell. Let's talk about your tweet. Oh my Kurt God. Russell's in this? Hold on. Before we go, I want to I want to work us up to this moment. Because okay. Okay. As you Please. guys, well, Heather, Heather, I want to yes. say we have eternity in this moment. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna walk you through because I, I feel like you guys would really like my notes that I took in the opening sequence of all okay, of it. So I just, I just kind of want to read through them. So uh, I have to give credit to Tyler for for this first one. Um, but uh, my first <laughs> note is the only naming conventions worse than Xbox is the Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> Fair. Well, do you know that in London, in the UK, it's Fast and Furious 1, Fast and Furious 2, Fast and Furious 3, Fast yes, and Furious 4, Fast and Furious 5? because they understand. But, okay, so uh, Jason Statham equals already best movie so far. Okay. Why is he eulogizing his living brother? I, I don't know. Oh, God, there were people in there. This is fucking great. If he dies, it's on you. You fucking destroyed the hospital, you nitwit. <laughs> yeah. Does Letty have her memory back? This is not how amnesia works. <laughs> this guy's acting really quite jovial to getting punched in the mouth. Does the CIA not have AC? The fight between rocks stay them is legit. Shipped a bomb, no questions asked. That's interesting. This whole movie is a goddamn cool moment. So that's my opening. And then the next line is Kurt Russell in all caps. So brings us to you know kurt russell but yes so literally in my notes this whole movie is a cool moment you're not wrong it still surprises me <laughs> again but but i tell if you go back and re-listen to the episodes i told you why i was having such a hard no, you time did. you specifically said it yes i remember and and this proves it that like that was my biggest gripe with these films if you set them up correctly so that you're not anticipating reality you'd have a much more fun time yes yeah. The opening scene grounds us and this is the rules of how this universe works. Yeah. This is what to expect. And yeah. this movie says nothing that you expect is going to happen right off the bat. I have a question for both of you because as I was watching this movie this time, I realized that I always forget Makobi Jaconde. That's his name. Mosey right? Jaconda. Mosey Jaconda is the actual bad guy in this movie. Yeah. And is he the worst Fast and Furious bad guy? Because I just never remember that he's the bad. Like, you, I was watching this movie and I forgot he was in it. <laughs> like midway, you're like, you're like, okay, it's The Rock and Vin Diesel versus Jason Statham. And then there's just this other guy that is like just annoying both of them when like this is really the fight that's happening. You might be the worst Fast and the Furious bad guy. I don't know if that's fair i think he's not he, fighting they're not they're not never even fighting him the emotional fight is with deckard right yes. like that's yeah. what we care about but yeah. mosey is important in raising the stakes because he is going for this thing that would catastrophically and you know cataclysmically change the game in terms of like global weaponry and warfare okay yes fair but also jason statham like pretty much steals it too so because there's multiple bad guys yeah it's just like he feels so low tier once you ins once you have Jason Statham. It's just like what? I don't think the existence of him is the worst. I just think the writing surrounding him was the worst. Like I That's think, fair. I think if him getting this technology, like if it ends up in his hands, and you know our guys don't get it from him, if those stakes were a little more personal to our characters. If, like, Hobbs couldn't protect them anymore, right? And if that mm -hmm. was established. Because Hobbs is very much protecting these guys. You know, if something like that, or if, right, if if him having that technology then unleashed it 
you know, it, it, it need to have been more personal because when you have Jason Statham's character, Deckard Shaw, and and how personal that is and dangerous and badass, like he had the trifecta of what a good villain is. Mm-hmm. And so it just feels bigger. And they just they just invested way more time in him, which is fine. But yeah, I think the writing of, of this villain was just not what it could could have been. The thing that we have come to grapple with i guess with the podcast with our rewatching this is now the 11th time i've seen this movie sweet jesus including like the the second time this year because we did this on nate's podcast on the rocky might be a picture show back in january so it's not that long ago that we watched fury 7 so the main difference i think with between this and other movies is that this is the one in which one of the lead actors died and they say I think we might have even talked about this in here before with Heather. I know we've talked about it for sure on the show before. Yeah. They say that they have not changed. They did not change any of their plans. The movie that they wanted to make, that the franchise, the story that they wanted to tell, stayed the same. We, I think, have come out and just said that's bullshit. Like, there's no way that that's even remotely this possible. Is that Paul was going to end after this anyway. Paul dying did not affect the story that we had already set right. in Furious 7. I don't know how that's possible because they had a lot to film. Like it wasn't like they were like in reshoots, like they were still filming the movie. Yeah. And also like I'm looking up like all of most of Jordana Brewster's scenes with Paul weren't actually with Paul because it was after he had died. They're on the phone. Or the other ones are are with his brother, right? With his DJ on, which means that either Jordana Brewster just wasn't going to be in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Or... You had to quick recalibrate that storyline of like, oh, he's a family man now to make it fit the narrative that that he's off into the sunset. Which they say that they didn't do. So the reason I bring that up, other than just to get your opinion on it, is because I wonder if the Mosey character and the dynamics, because it feels like the Dom Deckard thing is kind of one-on-one. Like, it's not really one-on-one, but like it's set up as like Dom versus Deckard, right? Mm-hmm. And it feels like the Mosey stuff is like everyone versus him. And I wonder because Paul gets removed, not through any fault of the brand, you know what I mean? Like, but he's mm-hmm. no longer there. If they then pivot the like villain of this movie, even though obviously like they set up Statham in six and the credits are six, right? It's like he's the draw here for seven. So like maybe he was always gonna be the focus, whatever. But like, I wonder if losing Paul, losing the Brian character changes who they focus on villain wise because the story they wanted to tell, needed to tell, whatever, couldn't convincingly do with CGI. I don't know. That's very well possible. I mean, you know, look at how... Heath Ledger's death really affected the Dark Knight trilogy, you know? Granted, they came right out and said that, well, we revamped it. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, this isn't the first time an actor's death has fucked up movies. Yeah. Um, it was, certainly won't be the last. I don't know. It, it, it would be very, very interesting to find out if that's really true or not. I want to sit down with like Chris Morgan behind closed doors, like not for the podcast. Just tell us what happened. What what is going on here? Because we also come off six where we talked about how it's like two different movies that they combine into one, where there's like the right. bridge scene right. and the the hang, the you know the world's longest runway scene and like two different action climaxes that they jam together. Here, it kind of feels like two different movies that do intersect, overlap in the like the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and they kind of team up against Dom or whatever, right? But like also not really. It would be really, really interesting. It would be really, really interesting to find out because, yeah, I mean, like, 
that's he's a badass actor to have as a villain too and it feels like they really sold him short here yep he's such a good get he plays villains so well like again like when when he showed up in this i'm like holy shit yeah and then but but like i said before i was watching the movie and forgot he was in the movie until he showed up again (laughs) same like it happens like like i see him in the helicopter and i'm like oh no he's not just like some random underling of shaw's he's like his own character well and that's and i thought yeah because when they were both after the attacker both had the attack i was like oh are they working together and that just hasn't been established yet? Like it was, it was really confusing. I've never thought about this kind of comparison and I'm going to be vague so as to not spoil eight, but I think they do a similar kind of thing with an emotional story and a world terror sort of story in eight, but they do it, I think better, much better because it's one character doing both. And that's, and I, and I guess that's the thing that, again, makes me wonder about how Paul Walker's death really affected any of this because Jason Statham's character, I mean, he's already a crime guy anyway. Like, he very well could have just been both into one. Yeah, he could have been avenging his brother and stealing this thing. Like, what's, why not? Like, I wonder, and this is me just dreaming now, editing the film, but I, like, I wonder if it would have been better if, forgot the actor's name now. Dijamon Hansu? Yes, I wonder if it would have been better if he were after Statham mm. for something else, you know, and then made it almost like a, a love triangle. <laughs> I know this is, I'm, I'm having a hard time sort of parsing out what is, like, even though I just watched this movie, I know this movie, whatever, but like we learn more things about Deckard in future movies. And I, I don't know if the Deckard we know by the end of Hobbs and Shaw if he is the kind of character who would want to steal God's eye, it feels like he is uh, over all this shit that he is financially set. He just wants to fly under the radar and just like have a beautiful woman on a beach somewhere and just like do what they do at the beginning of these other movies, like, you know, no extradition or whatever. But he feels compelled to kill Dom because family above all and Dom tried to kill his brother, right? So I don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying that they could not have done that, but I don't think with where they want to take this character that it would have made sense for him to do both go after Dom and get the thing. So I think you need another character to do the whole God's Eye plot. Maybe if Dijamon Hansu, like, if Mosey Jaconda goes after... I don't know. Like, I think they could probably blend it better, but I think you need a second character to tell this story. And Maybe they tell a different story. I don't know. It, it just, yeah, it feels very surface level. It feels very, very, very surface level. And, like, I, you know, even if Dijamon Hansu was after Hobbes for whatever reason or... You know, some, just just something, just something to make it feel more woven and integral to the story other than just to add more chaos. Because really, that's ultimately what it added up to is this. It, it just made it more chaotic. Yeah, I, he just feels like a roadblock to me. Yeah. And a lot of the time. You're like, can we, yeah, can we push this, get over this guy so we can get back to the good stuff? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, and, I, and it doesn't feel right. Because, like you said, I think he's a great, like, he would have been a great bad guy. He's a great actor. And it's just like, why are we, like, why are we sidelining him? You know what it feels like to me, Joey? It really feels like this was a case where they had a script with Jason Statham and without him. And Mm. they were like, oh, shit, we got Jason Statham. And so they're like, well, fuck, we're definitely going to use Jason Statham in this whole movie. And then just, like, like, wrote over it. Interesting. This makes me want to, like, rewatch it now with, like, this 
in mind and like really pay attention to the Digimon Hansu scenes and like how narratively they tie in or don't tie into everything else. Just watch eight because it, it like we're you I'm know we're starting an arc. saying i want to watch a, a movie a second time and you're telling me not to no i'm just saying you, you, eight might help explain some things like because we're starting an arc know. right so like it might be better to look back after this i i hate these movies again <laughs> please don't <laughs> heather it's never goodbye as they say at the end of this movie how did you like the closing montage? Because I know that you hated the Fast and Furious 6 opening montage. You're like, what no, is this? No, no, no. The, the Fast, that's opening credits. That wasn't a montage. That was that was just bad artistic vision. No, I I felt so weird about the, the end. Did you cry? No, I didn't cry. Okay. I was watching it and like it is sweet. Like obviously what they what they did and what they're doing. And and I um I definitely appreciate, you know, homage they were paying or homage, that's the wrong word. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh the, uh they're paying towards Paul Rock, Paul Walker and but it's one of those things where where I'm like someone picks this movie up 20 years from now, 30 years from now, who has no idea because it's just not in the cultural zeitgeist anymore and watches this, it's going to be weird. Like had I not known that he had passed away literally in the middle of filming this and watch that. I'm like, this is a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot to say goodbye. It's a long sequence. And again, I really appreciate it and think it's very sweet. And, you know, all the different actors got to have their moment of saying goodbye and very touching. But like, literally, they're acting as if Brian died. Well, that's the thing. And there's going to be more of that in in weirder ways in future movies. So you just stay tuned for that. Oh, God. Okay, so this is like the first one. You're like, this is fucking fun and wacky and zany and you're in it. And then the last like 15 minutes are like a complete tonal shift, right? Like this yeah. is like just like yeah. very it got, sad. It got very melancholy. Yeah. And you end on like this note and you're like, come, it, I get it. And I would never tell them not to have their moment, but like. Yeah, it's it would. It would been. Yeah, it would have been one thing if like they did something in the credits, which they also did. But you know what I mean. To have it, I don't know. It was. It was just. It. It. It was a lot. I appreciate it, but. But also, can I? Can I just? So we used Paul's brother. Yes. And did some CGI shit with his face. Yeah. We couldn't do CGI shit on Lucas Black. <laughs> I was waiting well, to get like, there. That's like elective surgery as opposed to like, oh no, like there's something terrible that went wrong. <laughs> we can de-age everyone in the MCU now. They could have done, they could have fucking like <sighs> matted his skin and told him not to like emote with his face so the wrinkles would stay flat. <laughs> it's so jarring because they use the scene from Tokyo that's, Drift. I know. I literally screamed at my TV. <laughs> if they would have just got him to just reshoot that part, it wouldn't have felt as weird. But to do it back to back and li- yeah. I was just that's a choice. And you had him on set, so it's not like it was like, oh, we couldn't get Luke- Lucas Black, so we just had to like use the footage we had. It's like, no, you brought him back, but you chose to not reshoot that one scene. And it's like Bow Wow and him, but they're like not even there's they're two cameras. Yeah. So they could have easily just reshot that part. Yeah, they made yeah, they made some choices. They definitely made choices. Yeah, I 
he looks so know. old. He's still in high school. He did. I don't know. <laughs> it's I, I same, just... it's it's the same day. Right? I kind of like... I kind of wish he was in it more than he was, just so I could oh. see more of him as like a high schooler at thirty years old, and just like yes, let's do this. <laughs> like <laughs> I really wish that too. I wish we had got like another like Wabaki shot. Oh like, my god! <laughs> of him being like forty five in school. Wabaki. <laughs> What else about this movie, Heather, do you love? Is there things about this that you don't love? Anything that really rubbed you the wrong way that you're like, this could have been my favorite movie ever, not just my favorite Fast and Furious movie, my favorite movie ever, better than Paddington 2, <laughs> if not for this one moment. What about this else grinds your gears or delights you in one, one way or the other? Much like I said about Six, what I really loved is I loved, you know, the fight sequences. They're just they're just fantastic. And, and that is to the credit of the filmmakers that they're using actors who do their own stunts they're using actors that actually have fight experience i hated ronda rousey she's a terrible actress she had like three These lines parties in this. bore me to death she's the worst. she has like three lines in this and just like flubs them all has just like bitch face on the whole time <laughs> I think that's a character choice. I think that's like a no. I I don't fault. No, I. But um, it's a choice that I thought was interesting. Yeah, she's not. She's not a great actress. But once she stopped talking and started fighting, I was. I was back in it. I think the only like real moment where I like seriously rolled my eyes in this was when they're. Oh, it's when they're on like the highway and there's the two trucks and. Then there's like someone pulls out a fucking rocket launcher. Dom almost drives off the cliff and like all that stuff. They're they're getting Ramsey. That whole scene where they okay. save Ramsey. The only thing of that was it was just like the most convenient action sequence. Like <laughs> Brian conveniently smashes this guy's head into the gun cannon that's gonna fire right before the rocket launcher you know goes off and right at the same time this person accidentally does this which you know unbeknownst to them saves this (laughs) other person's life and so on and so on and so forth and i'm just like okay (laughs) like do that once or twice that's fine but that was the whole action sequence was you know stuff like that yeah Did you like Brian jumping, like running up the bus, jumping off the cliff, catching, being caught Ugh. by Letty with one arm on her bumper? I, I thought, I mean, you know, again, it's it's convenient. It's, it's very convenient. <laughs> she did a dislocate her shoulder somehow, somehow. Yeah, that and just how like Letty's amnesia whole, <laughs> that whole storyline, the whole, I'm just constantly like, t- like Tyler, how many times did I say that's not how amnesia works <laughs> while watching Furious 7? Like, every time Letty showed up on screen, I'm like, that's literally not how this works. (laughs) You forget that she's a ghost girl. That's the worst. That might be the worst line in the movie. That Like, I in the whole franchise, when she's like, oh, ghost girl. Like, that one makes me cringe every time I hear it. But, again, every time I watch the scene of Brian trying to resuscitate Dom at the end of this movie, it gets Mm -hmm. somehow better and better. Like, they just (laughs) shot this one take... They didn't care how it turned out. They just were all yelling in a circle, and it's wonderful. And if you just like pay attention to like individual characters' reactions, how like while this is happening, it's uh-huh. totally off the rails. Like it's it shouldn't it doesn't help the movie at all. If if I had, I mean, okay, another huge complaint: no Bilkins. What the fuck? True. 
Although Kurt Russell did make a great. Oh, that's who I was teasing when I said that there is somebody who replaces. Yeah, you know, nobody you know. can ever replace Bilkins. I was oh like, no, somebody's god. coming. Oh my god! And I, but I looked it up. Like they were considering Taylor Lautner for the role. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a weird, weird list because I will say, like Halle without... Berry. I saw Halle Berry too, and Halle Berry yeah. would be cool. Uh, but yeah, Taylor yeah. Lautner was like. 25 in fate there's somebody called little nobody that, that is called little nobody that you will meet but it feels like taylor lautner is a better suit for that role but when i did read that trivia because i know exactly where, like i read the same thing and i'm like that doesn't make any sense like knowing where we go it makes more sense for this other part mm-hmm. but because that's a completely different dynamic like i think why the mr nobody character works other than just the fact that it's kurt russell and everybody loves kurt russell but like he has the age and experience and like gravitas yeah mm-hmm. and if you just have like some young punk kid it's like well who who are you why should i listen to you well right? and so. that's right and the, and what i love about kurt russell in this is this air of mystery he has the whole time and he plays it so well where like the whole time i'm just like is he going to double cross them? Can they trust him this whole time? I don't know. And I liked that. Like, that was really, really cool. But also, we need more uh, Dwayne Johnson. I was sad that he was barely in this. Yeah. This is when we're getting to the point where the Vin Diesel and Dwayne When franchise Johnson... Viagra is a raging hard-on that Don oh, is upset yeah. about. Yes. yes. So he's getting... He's getting upset that The Rock is getting so much. Oh, no, yeah, the... no, no. No, I know. He he was filming The Scorpion King while this movie was being filmed. So he couldn't, like, the fact that he's in this movie as much as he is, I think, is kind it of was, like. Yeah, it was really hard. A for good thing. To... Yeah, but this is, yeah, I think it's fate where they have the onset brouhaha where Vin Diesel walks off set and, like, shuts down production for 24 hours or whatever, right? What so, like, yeah. not great. But, yeah, we're, we're getting to that point. But, yeah, it's definitely where, I mean, I know that you're saying this because you hate vin and you hate paul walker but like i don't hate paul walker i hate vin but there is there is something to the like joy and energy that hobbs brings that dwayne johnson brings that character that like yeah you want more yeah well again it's charisma that vin just doesn't vin just has ego that's all he has and dwayne johnson is a hulk of a man he is six five and just nothing but muscle you know and Mm -hmm. You know, it's the flexing cast scene and all, and, and, and all of this stuff. And then, like, the, here's Vin clearly trying to beef up as much as The Rock. Yeah. And, and yeah. now, like, he has all of these. It's a denim cutoff shirt where my arms are now exposed. <laughs> like, every single, his arms have to be exposed now in every single scene. Obnoxiously so. And literally while watching, Tyler and I were talking, like, is he doing this because it's, you know, a dick contest? With the rock that he's having because he can't stand him. That's what we assume. We're also trying to be political because we would love to have Vin Diesel. If you're listening, Vin, we know totally. that you are. Please come on our show. Yes, yes. Please, Sorry. please please, don't let my candor. I also think a cool moment is Dom taking a sledgehammer to Letty's tombstone. Like, we're going to fuck up some history that was wrong. It's like, no, I mean, you know, she died then. I'm, yeah. a, new, I'm a new Letty, so, you know. That's actually kind of cool. That's like the least creepy avenging thing that he does for her. So it would have been more poetic, I think, if she did, but... Oh, we handed her the sledgehammer? Yeah, he could have let her do it. That's true. Well, she doesn't want to do it. Well, That's no, right. no, no, but I mean, if at the end, right, she came back and did it. She drives a car into it? Ooh. Ooh nice. I do love, and I, I'm sure that, you know, I, I know that I've, I remember this line, so I've heard this before, but I, I 
ascribed more meaning to it this time, but I love finally, and I was thinking about this within the context of a cool moment. I don't know that it actually is a cool moment, but I love that Mia and Brian finally admit that our tuna sandwiches sucked. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like yes. on the phone. And you know, who knows if she's actually talking to Paul or she's talking to Cody Walker or just nobody or whatever. Right. But oh, like, it was, it was, I think I saw that all the phone conversations were from deleted scenes in five. Okay. So then maybe it was, but still it's like, you know, it was such a bad sandwich, whatever. Right. So just, it's, it's very funny that their relationship was effect- not built on a lie, but built on like a generous, uh, fib. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. A very generous fib. Yeah. I hey, like we've it. we've all we've all lied for crushes. Sure, we have. Yeah. We've all done it. We did. Yes, we have. For sure. Well, not me. I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> Is this the first episode that you have recorded like in front of Tyler? It feels like you, you know we're we're nodding off camera more than often, more than usual. This is the second one. I did another one with him okay. here. Yeah. You have any other notes? Or you want to play some games? Oh, there's a line. Uh, <laughs> I think it's when Ramsey is in the car with Dom. And he's cornered at the cliff and, like, does the dust circle before he drives off of it. Mm-hmm. And she goes, what are you doing? Are you crazy? And I wrote, she's speaking for every member in the audience. <laughs> I, like, I like the dust scene. I don't like going off the side of the cliff for no yeah, reason. Yeah, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. But the dust thing is cool. I like the dust thing. Make a little, make a little whirlpool. Like I mean, like a little cyclone. No, I thought, I thought this was super bonkers and fun, and I, it makes me very excited for eight. But also at the same time, I'm very nervous because these films have just been so inconsistent from film to film to film of perspective and style and direction that I don't want to you know like get overhype i don't want to be like oh they're gonna be good now <laughs> yeah well also i want to point out we have not mentioned yet that this is the first and only one directed by james wan that justin lynn did mm-hmm. three through six and he's coming back for nine ten eleven but this is directed by a different man by james wan so maybe you just like his what he brings to it i mean it's all i think to a certain extent like kind of in the mcu like we have a template follow the template sort of but it's also at the same time maybe not i don't know yeah yeah i don't know all right our first game, this ain't no 10 second raise, aka Boy Do We, have a podcast for you this where go on twitter.com, aka the bird app, and find any tweet by anybody we don't know who might be interested in listening to the show. We message them on twitter.com, say Boy Do We have a podcast for you, and see if they respond. We get points, or don't, usually don't. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. But last episode, I found Jordan Cacciola who responded to a tweet that was deleted from three years ago, just <laughs> listing a whole bunch of movies with kick-ass ladies in them. We got confirmation, I think, from Kara that said this is what it is about, because uh, it was responding to a tweet from a podcast host of a show that Kara has recommended to me before. And I said, doing a little guesswork, but we love badass action ladies and have covered a lot of these movies too. Boy, do we have a podcast for, for you. you. Nothing. Of course not. Woo! Joe, you found Miso at Mizbug Chowdery. Tokyo Drift audio playing on my mom's phone, but these days it could be a video of someone frying chicken. You said you can listen to us talk about Tokyo Drift while frying chicken. That's what we normally do. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Damn. Heather, you found Camillo Huafly Me to Mars. I don't know, yes. at Hua Fly Me to Mars. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift was the last good FNF movie from the franchise, and you can't tell me otherwise. We agree. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. It got a 
like and a retweet from <laughs> Jason Dickinson, so it does not count. Oh. It also got a like from Wells Lamont, so it does not count. So uh. you would have gotten four points, but they're all people we know, so. But it's no one that I know. Yeah, but they don't count. Right. I mean, they count to us in our hearts, but not for the game. All right, Heather and I found tweets already. Joe, find one. But Heather, can you please hit us with yours, what you want to do for this episode? So I don't know if you all saw, but over the weekend, there was a trend that was uh, stop crying. It's just a movie. And then the movie and then you post pictures, right? So I want to play into that because I am heartless. It's from S Diamond PA at Soup de Letras. Mm hmm. In quotes, stop crying, it's just a movie, the movie, and then three pictures of uh, Will Smith and his puppy from I Am Legend. Okay. Uh, and so I want to respond with, no matter where you are, whether it's a quarter mile away or halfway across the world, you'll always be with me and you'll always be my brother. And then I attached three photos. Oh, I didn't Paul see the photos. Walker, okay, hang on. Vin Diesel and everyone from the franchise. Oh. And then do you want me to also say, boy, do we have a podcast for you? I want to do boy, just so you can link the podcast. Okay, it's from Morgan Hendricks at Loud Tall Blonde. My phone died, but if anybody is still following, I sobbed like an absolute baby at the end of Furious 7. I also screamed at the triple building jump, at The Rock ripping his cast by flexing. I don't know why Kurt Russell showed up, but of course he did. This series is everything. We totally agree, and boy, do we have a podcast for you, Morgan. Somebody replied, the cast just snaps off, Morgan. Just... All caps. <laughs> Not wrong. Not wrong. Not wrong at all. Uh. Now, I found a few different ones, and I'm going to go with the one, I think. Uh, oh, boy. There's a couple tough ones. Oh, that's interesting. What? There's some model on Twitter that's modeling in front of Abu Dhabi, <laughs> in Abu Dhabi, <laughs> and she just says, these views, with heart eye emojis, and someone responds. I saw that. I saw that. them yesterday I... watching Fast and Furious <laughs> saw that tweet and i was just like huh that's that's a really interesting comment there sir (laughs) thank you all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go oh boy um better than chrissy teigen's boobs i don't know (laughs) no longer on twitter okay i'm gonna go with (laughs) good call joey you got somebody that already got banned from twitter no 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 i'm saying chrissy teigen Teigen, oh that's right sorry i forgot yes i forgot i'm gonna go with this one liam o'donnell at liam odin rewatched furious 7 with my son ending is still a small miracle perfect send-off but i'm wrecked crying into a pool of tears emoji boy do the podcast for you and your son, in parentheses, maybe, <laughs> depending <laughs> on his age. But family is family. We'll see if we did better this time than the last time. I mean, this has been a rough lap, I think, for all three of us points-wise. But, uh, you know, the time moves it's okay. on. It's okay. Time marches on. We try, man. I'm still out here grinding. That's it. The final thing to do before we say goodbye to Heather is to play Dude, What's My Car? Dude, what? My car. What? Your car, dude. Yay! So this car picture I mentioned before is from Jerry Robinson. Subject line, keeping it old school. Not kicking it old school, but keeping Keeping it old school. school. Okay, okay. Here's another old school car pick. The manufacturer is called Blank from the British blank, 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 blank. Okay. Car is called the Blank. Ooh, the Blank. That's a great car. It's a great car. So this is a British car from the 50s, and it is red. And I will tell you, if this helps, Heather told me she doesn't know if she would love it or hate it. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I think it's really pretty or really ugly. I haven't decided yet. Okay. Ah, I think it depends on the driver, I will say, because I think if it's a cool looking driver or like if you're driving it, like, yeah, it's a cool car. But if you have like a D-bag behind the wheel, it's like, oh, this is a not a good car. Honestly, I think it's also just the photography. I think it might be the angle and lens this photographer chose. Interesting. We Interesting. have never uh, judged a car based on sorry, those merits before. Sorry. You're not wrong. No, you're not wrong. Sorry. It's, it's Can my you tell art, me the shutter art. speed? <laughs> yeah, it's my art brain. I can't help it. I mean, it looks like a, a somewhat a somewhat cloudy day, maybe. So, like, the okay. f-stop probably, it's, it's pretty low, but not wildly low. You need a little bit more light. Okay. I mean, the ISO is probably like a 400, maybe an 800, depending. Okay. Okay. The white balancing know. is the, just all over the place. I need the XGIF data. <laughs> No, some facts that'll help you, Joey. Uh, it is a two-seat roadster. Okay, okay, two-seat roadster. Announced in late September 56 and produced from 56 to 59. Mm-hmm. It is British. It is a subset of a major British brand, but it is a different manufacturer that I do not know. <sighs> it has... Is it part of MG? Nope. Is it part of Jaguar? No. Nope. Okay, keep going. The body lines are slightly streamlined. A smaller, wider radiator grill placed lower. An air scoop was attached to the bonnet. Oh, to the bonnet. To the bonnet. The test car cost 1,307 pounds, including taxes of 436 pounds. Oh, yeah, you said pounds. I was like, why did you tell me the weight of the car when you told me the cost of the car? I'm not not saying stones. I'm saying pounds. I know. I got it. But my brain, like kerfluffled a little bit right there. In 1959, it had a top speed of 103.9 miles per hour and could accelerate from 0 to 60 in 10.7 seconds. Is it part of Aston Martin? No. There are so many things in the front, and I don't know if this is on all the cars or just this one, but there is the big, wide grill, which is oval in shape. It's got the two round headlights that are mostly, you know, think of Herbie the Love Bug, I might not even be picturing the right car. You know the the the, the, the headlights that look like right. eyeballs. It looks like those. Okay. But then underneath that, there are two other tinier lights, and then two lights in the middle on a silver bar that goes across, and then four medallions on either side of those middle lights. This I don't really know why. Clearly, whoever is driving this cannot see in the dark. Clearly, fog lights, fog lights for England. Yes, kind of makes. But there sense. are six lights and four medallions, okay. and the grill, and also a like hood scoop that might not yeah. be the right term yeah. but another another grill on the hood scoop it is a convertible with a leather top mm-hmm. cream colored sides british english manufacturers that aren't jaguar it's a british motor um bmw the, the manufacturer no. has the same initials as me but reversed amc where is there a c in heather's name I don't know. A-M? <laughs> no? Where is there an M in Heather's name? Oh, A-H. Yes! A-H. You're so good at the alphabet. <laughs> I know. Um, A-H. What? what Same is... initials, yep. It's a subsidiary, and this is a British motor. One might say it's a company of British motors. Or a corporation. Ooh. BMC, British Motor Corporation? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. It's a subsidiary of that. A-H something. Has the same initials as Heather. Age. Yeah, I don't. I don't know this manufacturer, Heather. Do you know the manufacturer or no? Mm, I know they're like sister manufacturer. They merged with Jaguar in oh, 1966. 
That's yeah, really after, cool. after this was made, yeah. Yeah. What is it? What is AH? Austin Healy. Interesting. And this is the Austin Healy. So I know, I know Austin Westminster. Oh. Um, personally? Yes, personally. <laughs> you just know. We're pen pals. <laughs> God, these all these like old, the, these old British cars like all look very similar. They this do. Be, like, they really, like, really, really. They do. all look very, very like very roundy. This is really cool. It, it it looks like the the gills of it, like at the doors and stuff, are like a little chubby in this one, which I kind of like. Well, that's and that's yeah. It looks like almost like it bows out, and I yeah, think it, like, like bow wows out. <laughs> but I think it's like for that reason that I'm like I don't know if I like it. Because it just kind of, yeah, it bows out like that. I think if it was more streamlined. I can see what you're saying. This this is definitely yeah. like, I can see an old man driving this car. Oh, 100%. Especially in England with like a cabbie hat and a pipe. Yep. White hair. Yeah. Yes. It's exactly. What's um the, the guy from all of these fucking movies? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. Any for old sure. English actor with white hair driving this car, for sure. Or get Michael Caine and that's who I was thinking of Italian this. job days. Yep, but like, no, I'm thinking old Michael Caine though. Oh uh, like, yeah, no, I want I want young Michael Caine from the '50s. Oh, true. Yeah, that would work. Just saying. So this car, I think all these medallions on the front are just the like the awards it won because it looks like it has like this thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, or these are like some kind of like AAA type. I don't know. It, I can't tell. I'm confused now. P-A-C-A-A. Yeah, I think it might be awards. But they're, like, attached to the bumper. This is very strange. It's weird. Good for this. This is a cool car, though. I hope in the next two weeks you learn the alphabet, Joe. Thank you. Sorry. Or your Or, or Heather's or... name. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's one of two issues here, and yeah. the, they're both troubling. They're both yeah. really troubling in different ways. I knew, but if you asked me the question straight up and didn't give me this riddle about it, I could have answered it. My initials backwards. Oh, yeah, AMC. Yeah. Sorry, man. Classic Sphinx riddle. Also, I what got are my the last backwards? name, but not the first name. Do I not get credit for that? I was obviously fucked in the head with this one come on i'm not going to give you even the slightest benefit of the doubt on this one sorry all right heather you'll be back in two weeks to talk about the fate of the furious yes are there any like prequels well there is a longer version there's like a 20 so okay so here's the thing this is a long ass movie there's like a two hour 10 minute but there's a two and a half hour and the two and a half hour is significantly better different okay it's better i think it's a lot better is this like snyder cut being twice as long as twice as good are you trying to sell me on this i think snyder cut twice as long as like four times as good (laughs) whoa i love the snyder cut well not well we're not gonna talk about that because this is the end of the podcast but two weeks (laughs) The Fate of the Furious, two and a half hour cut. Enjoy it, savor it, love it, hopefully, fingers we'll crossed. See. We will see. Good luck, good luck. Between now and then, though, Joe, you what? will, we will, what? we will be joined once again by Mr. Baseball himself, Brian Rodriguez, to talk again? about the movie <laughs> that we teased on that episode. We were talking about the, the pride of Pittsburgh, PA, Michael Keaton in Gung Ho. Oh, yes, that's right. We did talk about this. Cool. <laughs> Next week. Excited. Brian Rodriguez, two weeks, the fate of the furious with Heather. That Heather, what do you want to plug? What, what you got going on? What's in the world? What has Valiant got going on? What have you got going on? What do you want to plug? Please go for it. Yeah. So um, this this episode is going to come out uh, my birthday week. Um, Happy so as birthday. A, thank you. So as a birthday gift to me, every single one of you should uh, pre-order Shadow Man number one. From your Done. local comic shops or uh, make sure you pick it up at the end of the month. It comes out on April 28th, uh, which is still my birthday month. So, you know, it's not too late. 
no. to get the gift of buying my comics. That sounds wonderful. Shadow Man, what is Shadow Man about? So Shadow Man, yeah, so it's a horror comic. Uh, Shadow Man's a hero. His family's legacy is that uh, they pass on the Shadow Loa, which is a voodoo god um, Mm. that protects us, uh, the living realm from the dead side. And the dead side is essentially voodoo uh, limbo where all the souls go before they pass on. But some of them don't want to pass on. And it's like a a horror comic. That sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's horror meets superheroes. Cool. Very cool. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Very, very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us once again. I'm so glad that you love this. I'm still not over the fact that you love this as much as you did, but I still am so <laughs> I, glad that you, you loved shocked, it. I'm shocked. I I won't lie. Like when I tweeted you, because normally you respond pretty quickly when I'm watching, and like I'm like sitting there, I'm like, he's not responding. I was doing something and I don't remember what I was doing because I don't do anything really, and I checked my phone. And I was like, I I. It, one of two things. Either I was doing something or I checked my phone. I'm like, I don't believe this. Point no way. <laughs> this is a troll. This is a troll. I will say, and we've said this before, that you have had justifiable defenses and criticisms of the movies you don't like. And again, here, you have justifiable reasons why you do like it. So again, you yeah. have been consistent in proving, being able to prove why you do or don't like a thing. It's still, I just still cannot get over the fact that you love this movie, but I am so, I, so glad. I love it. Like, I want to watch it again, like I said. Well, That's it's so not awesome. going anywhere. Nothing but time, et cetera, et cetera. You can watch this on loop if you want too fast too forever just come back every time every time we talk about this movie you're just you're our guest our permanent guest yes, for let's seven. do it i'm here for it that seems like a terrible idea or a great idea i'm not sure one or the other i do not know <laughs> for all things too fast too forever you go to cageclub.me facebook.com slash too fast too forever or at too fast too forever on twitter and instagram email us family at cageclub.me check out our patreon page at too fast too forever.com and our store at too fast too forever.shop and come back in two weeks with Heather for the fate of the furious and next week with Brian to talk about gung ho. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was Heather Antos and we'll tell you all about it. See you 